What is good, ladies and gentlemen? What is good? Welcome to the Sean and Webb podcast, where we are going to be talking about nature in the classical world. How are we all doing out there? My name is Will Weber, and I'm with my co-host, Big Sean. Sean, how are you today? Webb, I'm doing great. I'm really excited about today's show. Uh, it's not too often that we get to get on the mic together here, but uh, oh, yeah. you know, every time we do, it seems like it's a great discussion, so I'm really excited about today. You know it. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure, and uh, well, why don't we just get right into it? All right, so on today's podcast, our post-Thanksgiving episode of the Sean Webb podcast, we are going to talk about what, Sean? What specific themes are we going over today? So as we've um, been examining in, in you know past podcasts, um, we've talked a lot about how the early theologians, um, writers such as you know Homer and Virgil, um, you know attributed nature and um, the role that gods play in nature and its effect on superkind in a more supernatural, um, you know, philosophy. Um, the people of the early theologians attributed um, certain, um, you know, natural disasters and phenomena as, as you know, a supernatural um, effect that the polytheistic gods have on today's world. So in this, in today's podcast, you know, we're going to switch it up a little bit and talk about some of the themes that we've, we've discussed in the second half of our semester here, um, where um, a new philosophy is introduced um, by the pre, in the pre-Socrates and, and later by Lucretius that challenges this um, you know, supernatural polytheistic philosophy mm-hmm. and rather um, brings up the more kind of enlightened um, natural explanation um, for, for nature and, and, and the effects that it has on humankind. Uh, one of our favorite ones, the our passage of the day. Oh yeah, let's get right into it. I love um, it. You know, I think passages, especially from um, these these great writers, can tell us a, a lot and and uh, really make us interpret the, the specific themes that these writers are talking about in the relationship between um, you know nature and the world. Um, so I think let's get right into this passage. Um, I'm, this what do we got? Is this uh, Lucretius? This is Lucretius. Nice. Lucretius, Book One, uh, Line Seventy Two. For those of your books out there, Line Seventy Two. Neither the mists of gods, nor lightning bolts, nor threatening thunder of heaven hindered him, but rather all the more they fired his mind's courage, so that he was the first man who desired to break the closed bars gates of nature down. The vital force of his intelligence prevailed, and he advanced his course far past the blazing bulk wards of the world, and roamed the whole immeasurable cosmos in his mind and in his soul. So I think this uh, passage, you know, really stuck out to uh, me and my co-host Webb. Um, because I think we we are very much fans of the underdog, and and Lucretius is bringing us a whole new kind of philosophy here that is definitely defined by this passage. Webb, w- what do you think about this passage, and 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 give us some you know literary evidence to back that claim? Well, the first line itself I mean, jumps right out at me. I mean, it's it's he's, he's talking about the myths of the gods. He's talking about lightning bolts, and he's talking about you know uh, threatening thunder. And the first thing I get from that is you know he's. He's obviously talking about Zeus, and he's talking about the the, the natural characteristics that we are given him, and um, you know that that reminds me of the, the Theogony by Hesiod, where you know in the Theogony Hesiod lays out how Cronus is born, um, you know Earth. There's this, this genealogy. There's you know chaos creates Earth. Uh, you know Titans are born, and then the Titans are able to birth our first level Olympians. So the myths of the gods. That's what Lucretius is really. He's he's doubting the myths of the gods, and then he's also doubting the whole genealogy that Hesiod has laid out. And you know, so 
we get these writers like Virgil and Homer who who they are uh, describing these these sort of um, um, you know attainment they, they have this control over nature and, and their sort of language with uh, the ancients is, is is through nature so you know there are these earthquakes you know there, there's thunderbolts you know there, there's a lot of thunder there's lightning and they're looking at this nature they're looking at these aspects of nature and they're connecting them back to the gods so what what I remember was when we were in class one time Sean there was a article I don't know if you remember yeah. it was like a hundred reindeer in Norway. Oh, all just man. dropped dead from a lightning yeah. bolt. Yeah, yeah, it was like they all the, <laughs> were huddling together. Yeah. There was a lightning bolt. And Why are they, they just, all huddled? Yeah, back. I guess I don't body warmth or something. But it's just they're, they're all conductive. So you know, one drop of lightning hits the ground, they all drop dead. Yeah. So what people in the ancient world would think of that, they would immediately relate that to Zeus. They would think Zeus is pissed off at someone. He either doesn't want a local herdsman to have his 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 domesticated animals. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want them to have food. There's right. something going on, and, and he's taking it out on them. And that's what they immediately think. They think, you know, this is a god coming after me. I need to do something to reward or to sacrifice it to get the gods back in my favor because I cannot have the gods against me and, and doing these powerful natural acts. You know, right, right. It's, it's hampering me. It's hampering my life. I right. cannot have and- that, you know. And, 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 you know, going along with this passage, why, why it's so interesting is that, you know, Lucretius begins to challenge this widely accepted, you know, view in the ancient world in, in which, you know, a lot of people look to Homer and, uh, you, you know, reading Homer and reading, reading Virgil that are saying that, you know, these, this, the thunder and, and the, this is all attributed um, to the gods, you know, having, choosing um, how, you know, nature occurs and, and its effect and its consequences on humankind and, 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 you know the next the next half of the passage. Um, I'll, I'll read it. Um, you know, rather all all the more they fired his mind's courage, so that he was the first man who desired to break the closed bars gates of nature down. I mean, well, yeah, right. That's that's <laughs> he's he's getting right after. Yeah, you know, pretty much. He's, yeah. he is getting after. Um, you know, the the historic writers that have have believed in this. You know, polytheistic. Um, view of nature in the universe and so he's sort of shifting he's sort of shifting the pendulum from this polytheistic view he's he's sort of moving to the middle more to a monotheistic view yeah it's it's clear and it's radical um, that's radical for the time yeah yeah like if you were an ancient during that time and lucretius is writing and he is saying i am i'm not about the polytheistic view i'm not about these gods and these these natural powers that they're given i'm i'm monotheistic how would, how would you uh, yeah, feel if you're it's, an it's a, I mean, I attribute it to. I mean, it's it's an enlightenment effect. I mean, yeah. To 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 for Lucretius to bring in this um, whole new you know monotheistic. Um, it's quite philo- radical. philosophy. Yeah. It's it's radical, and I mean, I can't I can't really imagine how you know, um, you know, a per, an ancient Roman um, you know would react to this. But um, I think that you know. Just closing off about you know how this how Lucretius is directly interpreting the world through this passage, um, you know he tells us that um, the vital force of his intelligence, um, you know he talks about um, advancing his course um, past the blazing bulk worlds of the world. Um, he talks about cosmos. It's clear that you know Lucretius is enlightened, and you know he's he's thinking logically about the universe. Right. He doesn't um, he, lack like the intellectual thought. Right. To sort of come up with you know the next the next brilliant idea, he doesn't lack that. He's just sort of taking it from a different approach. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's a radical approach, like, like we've talked about. I mean, um, the, this whole new polytheist, or um, excuse me, monotheistic philosophy that Lucretius talked about, um, you know, it's truly revolutionary. And, um, you know, it, it, in talking about, um, you know, nature in the classical world, um, you know, people, as uh, you know, as we've been talking about, people believed in that nature happened due to the gods and they, you know, their superpowers, but, you know, Lucretius, in which it makes this passage so important to the study of, you know, nature in the classical world, is that Lucretius comes out and, um, you know, doubts Hesiod and doubts Homer and um, rather attributes nature to um, being inherently, um, you know, universal and and. So he's saying that there is this sort of, there's this boundary of nature and that no one can really overstep this boundary, not even the gods. So these natural inclinations that we're getting from nature, they're not true. And that no one can really be above nature. No one's above nature. And also, so these personifications that we're giving you, these gods, there's there's just... He's basically calling them ridiculous. He's he's saying no, these aren't true. Mm-hmm. Like we have to look at this more logically. Right. We have to use more reason to interpret right. why this is going on. Right. So that ties right into our um, second segment of today's podcast, um, going along with our theme of um, a, a type of new type of philosophy um, that's that um, you know seek to understand the way that the universe works and how we are created and and this new type of philosophy introduced by Lucretius and further in this in the Socrat in the um, pre-Socratics um, yep. you know you see the same type of um, natural and scientific explanation uh, for the way that you the universe works that mm-hmm. that goes against you know some of the um, earlier theologians that you know attributed all of nature in the universe to um, a supernatural um, sphere of gods mm-hmm. so um, going along with the pre-Socratics um, just yeah, to give some you know What's, what's great about the pre-Socratics is that they um, they give you little article, little little articles and little tidbits from uh, from authors. So, uh, Sean, you have you have a few that you want to share that yeah. sort of enlighten their their sort of philosophy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the one that sticks out to me the most is uh, Article Four, um, Xenophanes of uh, Xenophanes, I believe. Xenophanes, but that's all right. <laughs> Xenophanes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Xenophanes, uh, Article 4. Um, you know, Xenophanes, you know, address, addresses a lot of the more supernatural and scientific means of the way the universe works, um, you know, rejecting the traditional, you know, views of the Olympian gods. Xenophanes would reject, you know, the earlier claim that something such as a rainbow or an earthquake was, you know, directly spurred on by a god or the gods. And um, he brings up the, the, you know, the kind of philosophy that we've talking about, that there's one, um, there's one God that rules the universe through his um, knowing and, and wisdom and, that, and through his thoughts. And, and in that way, there's only one God and um, that, you know, Nate, there's a more scientific um, approach to nature and explanation for nature instead of, you know, the many of the Olympians gods affecting uh, concept, the concepts of nature. So you're saying that Xenophanes was um, a polytheistic, or was he still was he still polytheistic, or was he sort of shifting towards? No, no. He was sort of doing what Lucretius was doing, but he was almost. Well, Xenophanes began to you know examine nature in a more scientific way, right? Um, you know, but so he re- he rejects you know the whole polytheistic um, you know worldview, yeah. and, and and rather you know brings up 
more scientific um, and physical um, proponents in order to describe the relationship between mm-hmm. God and nature. So that brings us towards the end of our podcast. But one last thing we just want to, uh, you know, bring up is is, is sort of, um, I guess if you if you're a if you were an ancient Greek, so what what would you choose? Would you would you sort of align yourself with the, uh, the more rational, logical viewpoint of the world, which 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 will shift you more towards a uh, a one God uh, a construction, or, or are you are you sort of sticking with your you know your roots, and are you are you following the polytheistic mantra with all the uh, natural elements that are involved. With- I think being an ancient Greek at that time, I mean, such a, um, a period of, of, you know, deep philosoph- philosophical thinking and, 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 and remarks, I think that, um, you know, I would believe in the image that, um, you know, Homer gave us and Virgil gave us and Hesiod told us about right. it. The image that is created of of the of the Olympian gods in a, in a more human like way, they are interacting with the with humans. Right. They're interacting with nature. You know, they're 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 having these. You know, they're they're interacting and 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 they're it's almost like dialogue. You know, yeah. They believe that um, you know every consequence was due to um, you know the gods. So I think you know, and it's hard that, to refute that if you believe that, right? You know, and I think that image is you know tough to tough to challenge at that period but you know we've seen through these t- these you know the passage that we read and, and our discussion right there that you know lucretius um brings up some really good points that you know like we said close bar uh break the closed barred gates of nature down mm-hmm. you know this is a radical view that he brings up at the time but yep. it's a one that's logical and one that you and know look at has, today too right. i mean it's obviously it's grown into you know the mono, there are plenty of monotheistic faiths out there. Yeah, today. Genesis, so, right? Yeah, Genesis. You know that's that's similar to the, to, uh, the theogony. So I mean, they're all relatable. I, I think it's just there's 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 room for adaptation. Um, and I I, th- I just I still, think overall, you know, in, in studying um, you know nature and the role that the gods play. I mean, these theologians you see as we've talked about in this podcast, you see a you know, a, 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 a switch or, a, or, you know, an expansion that, right. you know, brings up some points that are very conceptual and, and make sense in a logical and scientific right. kind of view. And in the end of the day, it's, it's, it's really all preference. I mean, if you firsthand see something, you know, a, a natural sort of disaster or something, and that really, you know, strikes you hard, then, then you're probably be more inclined to believe that that was an act of, of, of God. So today, uh, getting back to our theme, I hope we've kind of cleared up and uh, kind of, it's been awesome discussing these type of th- the theme that we've been talking about um, in the in the in the kind of the transformation in the way in the interpretation of the way that um, these theologians thought about the, thought about the universe and thought about the way that gods interacted with nature and and humankind. So it's it's, it's been great. Yep. Uh, just to wrap up our podcast, we'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Doctor Scholes. Um, keep your feet safe and keep your Achilles nice and swift footed. All right, folks, thank you so much. And if you would like more about our podcast or any more information about what Sean and I do, visit www.seanweb-podcast.com. Thank you all.